Welcome to episode 10 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We are back for 2018 and this week we are covering the South African Open on the European Tour and also the Sony Open on the PGA Tour. Now this podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Right, I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour previewer at Golf Betting System and with me is resident guest Barry O'Hanrahan from a Good Talk Spoiled podcast. Happy New Year to you, Barry. How are you, mate? I'm very good. Happy New Year to you guys too. It's good to be uh, good to be into 2018 and getting back into some proper golf tournaments. Yeah, well, while it's grim over here and particularly cold, it's always good to see these uh, tournaments from you know Hawaii and all manner of places just to warm the heart a little bit. For sure, for sure, yeah. Nice to see some sunshine and just gives us a little preview of what we're kind of working towards here in uh, in Ireland and the UK. You know, we can every day is getting a little bit longer, and you know, we just hope for those warm days in the next few weeks. Absolutely, yeah. We're not too far away now. A bit of housekeeping before we move ahead. Um, uk. That's where you'll find all of our betting previews, our golf predictor model stats and a whole myriad of different content. Um, I'm available on Twitter at Bamford Golf. Barry is available at A Good Talk Golf. Um, I just also want to take this opportunity before we get stuck in to highlight, we've been running this for eight years now at Golf Betting System, which is basically our um, our GBS Punters League. Um, A record number of entrants last week. Uh, We started off at the Century Tournament of Champions, but you can join at any point. The Punters League um, runs right through to the DP World Tour Championship in mid-November. Now, we're excited that Paddy Power are once again sponsoring the competition with a £250 or Euro free bet first prize for the overall league champion plus £25 of free bets for each of the weekly winners, so weekly prizes. We run this via our lively Facebook group, I'm going to put all of the um, links through to various um, content beneath the uh, the actual screen here if you're listening to this on Podbean. But all of the content is available via golf, uh, golf betting system, nice and easy to access. Now, first things first, I'm about to... This is podcast history in the making. We have actually got Paul Williams, our European tour um expert live on the podcast this week and it's something that we're looking forward to uh, running with ongoing with Paul so welcome Paul happy new year to you yeah good evening chaps and uh, happy new year to you guys as well and um, very looking forward to uh, getting involved in these podcasts and uh, obviously been listening av- listening avidly to your your you guys for the last uh, last few months of the last 10 episodes um, of, of this particular one and obviously Steve you've been doing uh, your YouTube videos for a number of years now so um, so yes yeah, about time I got involved in the mix as well so uh, yeah looking forward to it. A, goal, a YouTube legend I am, YouTube legend. <laughs> um, now that will be out tomorrow we're gonna we're recording this particular podcast uh, early on Monday evening now um, both of our, four, uh, our previews have now been released Paul's clearly covering the South African Open and my Sony Open coverage. So that's all available at golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Now, I thought we'd start chronologically with this, and we'll actually take you through the BMW South African Open. Now, Paul, take us through the course, take us through what you think is relevant 
and we'll chime in at various different points. Yeah, yeah, no problem. The um, yes, yeah, so we've got the BMW South African Open this week. Um, it's the 107th um, SA Open, so it's obviously been running a long time, and um, with uh, Ernie Els as the host. So. Uh, um, Ernie does like to get involved with the South African uh, golfers, we know. Um, we're back to Glendale Golf Club, um, which we've seen for the last four years uh, at the SA Open, which is on the outskirts of uh, Johannesburg. Uh, it's on the high veld, so um, as we've seen with other Joburg-based events, um, these guys are playing at altitude, um, and we're actually playing on a C.H. Uh, Allison course, um, it's Parkland classical kind of style, um, old school type of uh, uh, course, um, but it's at altitude. So uh, as we know, at kind of 5,000 feet, that kind of level, the ball flies um, a long, long way. So uh, when you look at these uh, South African tracks, the the yardage tends to be uh, pretty brutal um, until you consider that uh, the altitude. So this one ranks, uh, it comes in at 7594 uh, yards, um, which is a conventional 72 with uh, four fives, four threes, and uh, the remainder of par fours. Um, but when you look at it in reality, with the altitude, you're kind of looking around six, nine, seven thousand yards, something like that. So the guys over there tend to convert yards for meters when we're uh, we're looking at these tracks. So, um, so yeah, not not as long as it looks on first uh, at first glance. Now we've seen this track for the last. Four years, I say this is the fifth year we're playing the SA Open at Glendower. Um, it's also been used for the BMG Classic in the past, so um, that's a Sunshine Tour event, and you've got winners like uh, Merrick Bremner, Ulrich van der Berg, who's um, attached to the club still, I believe, uh, Tobias Savatza, James Campty, Brandon Peters, and um, Graham Delate who uh, you may be surprised to know that uh, won here back in 2009 for uh, for all the ridicule that he gets sometimes for his uh, lack of conversion over on the PGA Tour. I was going to say, I'm amazed he's won any golf tournament, to be fair. Yeah. It's uh, amazing. It, 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 it does oh, guys, ease up, ease up. It's not easy to win a golf tournament. It's not that difficult, surely. <laughs> no, no, well, obviously back in 2009, uh, Graham had got his, got his head around the, uh, the BMG Classic, but uh, sadly it's not quite happened since uh, with, with the kind of regularity that you'd expect. Anyway, going back to the course, yeah, we're, we're looking at um, uh, it's, it's, it's 7-6, it's soft fairways, this, this track's had problems in the past with um, a bit of flooding, they have a lot of water over the last three years, they've had a lot of, uh, lot of rain, um, December just gone's been particularly wet as well. So um, it's likely to play soft. The superintendent over there is desperately trying to get the greens up to around about 12 on the stimp. Um, they're pure bent. So um, if he gets to that level, it's going to be quite interesting with soft fairways and uh, relatively speedy bent grass greens. Um, there is a bit more rain due on Tuesday as well, which, um, which may soften it all up and, and make it a bit, uh, uh, a bit easier. Now... The thing to say here, there's, I've, I've seen a video from the superintendent on Facebook um, of the Glendower track, and he's trying to get the course set up closer to the um, to 2015 renewal, um, which was won by Andy Sullivan, 11 under par. Now, this has traditionally been quite a, a low-scoring track, but um, uh, that particular year, the, the rough was set up quite brutal, and uh, Andy got the job done eventually um, at 11 under. So at that kind of level, it's a, it's a fair old um, 
it's a very old test. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how it's going to be set up um, and how it actually pans out. Because the weather forecast after the rain is actually for it to be quite dry, um, really pretty cl- calm. There might be the odd uh, thunderstorm, as you'd expect that you know, part of the world. But um, yeah, nothing uh, nothing particularly untoward. So um, we, we, should, we shall see exactly how it pans out. Paul, was that, was that Andy Sullivan's first victory? Because I can remember him winning two in South Africa very, very quickly. Yeah, he did. He, he, he won this particular event um, and then he won in Joburg three or four weeks later, or three or four events later. There was a little bit of a gap. Yeah, I picked him up on the second one. I was nowhere near him on the first, I must say. Um, and that was that was the year that he was, uh, he was kind of a head-to-head with uh, Charles Schwartzel and Schwartzel um, threw, the, uh, threw the event away effectively and gave Andy the uh, yeah his first first title. What kind um, of winning odds have we, are we looking at in pre, you know, previous renewals? Yeah, I, I, I mean, in terms of relevance, I'm only really looking at the uh, the four that have been played here at Glendale because you can go back further. The track, you know, the, the events were played on different tracks, um, and albeit some of them were similar, um, same kind of areas, etc. But, um, but yeah, if we look at the four at Glendale particularly, then you go back to Madsen in at the back end of 2013. That was uh, 80 to one. Uh, Sullivan was 33s for his first uh, first European Tour victory. Brandon Stone 55s, and again that was his first um, first European Tour victory as well. And then Graham Storm last year was 150 to one um, when he stared down uh, Rory McIlroy and this, beat him in the in the playoff. This seems to be your kind of territory, Barry. There's a bit of juice in the prices of those previous winners. Have you what have you got rele- uh, recollections of Glendower and uh, and the tournament in general? Not usually. More, probably more so last year when Rory was involved. Um, kind of grabbed my interest a little bit more than uh, say your average renewal of it. Yeah. And. Um, it was a pretty exciting finish, and uh, was, Graham, yeah. Graham Storm was superb. Um, it was a really exciting playoff as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't have a huge amount to remember or comment on the course, um, but those yeah, those prices certainly suggest that um, it's a time of year when, like the I suppose the supposed big names and hot hands might not have their game firing on all cylinders and presents an opportunity for one of those kind of mid you know mid odds or long odds guys to yeah. jump in and grab a tournament win absolutely that, that that's a fair point from barry is that the kind of logic you're going to go with paul um yes and no i mean some of the some of the the bigger names coming in, I've got question marks, which I'll go through them in a second um, anyway. But, um, yes, yeah, some players can hit the ground running. Some some need um, a, a, an event or two to warm up. Um, so, you know, exactly how the, the players are going to perform the first time out is always a, a bit of a question mark anyway. But, um, but, yeah, I can see your point. Last year was fantastic, as you say. Um, I was really impressed with Storm. Um, the way that you know you've obviously got someone an ex world number one who's who's breathing down your neck, you've relinquished a three shot lead and, um, and managed to to turn it round in the in the playoff. It was uh, yeah. it was good stuff, but particularly seeing that was Storm's first win for the best part. Of I can, yeah, well. I can remember particularly huge galleries as well, and they were all mm. clearly ch- you know they were all wanting Rory to win. So for Storm to withhold that pressure, I thought was really impressive last yeah, year. Yeah, no. It was really good. And the thing you'll find with all four of those players that I mentioned, the four winners, um, whilst none of them had particularly um, 
you know, fantastic in- incoming form. Each of them had shown some some decent enough form over the last few events. Even Madsen, who was probably uh, Storm wasn't it wasn't going to be easy to pick out. I don't think, but Madsen, I don't think I'd have got close to either. And um, and. He'd shown some form at the Dunhill Links two or three events before. Bear in mind, this was played at the back end of the year rather than January that year. Um, and he'd, he'd finished something like 64, 66 the last couple of, last couple of rounds at the Dunhill Links, which was amongst the best on display. So he'd shown some form. Sullivan's shown some form. Brandon Stone had won his first uh, Sunshine Tour event at two or three events before. And he'd, mm. he'd, he'd, he'd taken, you know, he'd lapped the field there. He'd beaten by six, six or eight shots. It was, it was a big old win. And Storm had finished fourth at uh, Leopard Creek just before Christmas um, in his penultimate tra- um, event. So again, you know, there, there's some form there. So if, if you picked up on those individual parts or individual uh, elements within their form lines, you could have uh, could have worked them out. I think. I'll run through the top of the um, the betting. We've got Brandon Grace, who is best price thirteen to two. Charles Swartzel fifteen to two. Then a jump. Dylan Fratelli, who's clearly been playing some fantastic stuff of late 20s. Dean Bermester, 25s. George Coatsy, 28s. He shares that price with Jordan Smith. Then we're out to the likes of Soren Kjeldsen at 33s. Chris Wood at 40s. James Morrison, a snidge of 45s. Then Andy Sullivan, 50 to 1. Eric Van Royen. Hayden Porteous. Mathieu Pavon. And also Sean Norris. Are there any names there that might interest you, Barry? Or have you have you got a view? I mean, for me, it's a, it's a reasonable field for some of these South African events. I'm, clearly, the the Open is the most prestigious. But um, Jamie Donaldson's in the field. We've got Lucas Biergaard, Matt Wallace, Retief Goosen, you know, down to the likes of Thomas Dutrie. Graham Storm, defending champion. There's uh, Martin Warren. There's, for a European Tour event, it's a, it's a decent standard, I think. Yeah, I'd kind of call it a, a mid a mid level standard, but a little bit higher than that you would expect for um, for like the first event back after January, after you know after Christmas. Absolutely. Um, I, I I would stick with my my gut on this and staying away from the very short odds guys um, for the first event back. Um, and that coupled with the fact that um, you know, short odds guy hasn't won in the last four times uh, it's been held here, um, so that would kind of sway my bets to a couple of couple of outsiders really, um, which I suppose kind of links in nicely with you know Paul fancying a few of the shorter guys. So you know we can present a can present our relative relevant cases for the players and absolutely go on in Paul kick kick off with kick off with your you know your thoughts on. On the top of the market, and also, you know, a couple of the uh, the shorter prices that you're you're tipping up this week. Yeah, well, obviously, you look at the top of the market. You've got Grace and Schwartzel there, and um, you know, if either of those guys won, then you know, you'd kind of accept that because they're they're quite capable of doing so. Six to one, seven to one. Is that really? Is, is there any value there? No, there's no value whatsoever. I, could could you justify backing either or both of them? I can't. Um, Brandon Grace, yeah, he won in uh, he won the in Sun City uh, before the uh, DP World Tour Championship. Um, he didn't do a great deal at the DP World the week after, and uh, since then he's not played, and he's he's had he's had um, eye surgery since. 
Um, no, nothing serious, but equally, you know, he's not played any competitive golf. Um, I, I'd have to watch him. I'd have to see how he reacts to that before um, before even contemplating going close to that. And, and Schwartz, will, uh, I think you have to go all the way back to the um, FedEx St. Jude last year to, to see a top 10. Um, and his long game, from what I've seen, it just hasn't been there. So at those prices, I I, I, I can't, can't contemplate, I must say. So... I've looked a bit further down, and and before I'd gone any further, and this is going back to when uh, Thursday or Friday last week, Jordan Smith was the name that was screaming out at me, um, and you know I, I was anticipating somewhere around twenty five to one. So to get twenty eights today, um, actually I'm quite pleased with that. Now Smith's long, he's straight, um, he, he tears up the par fives, which is pretty critical on this track. So. Um, He's the kind of player that I think can uh, can can really contend here. Um, he owes me one as well because he beat Alex Levy in Germany last year, who um, who had backed Levy. Um, and uh, well, yeah. whether whether, it, whether he beat Levy or Levy beat himself by missing that Tiller <laughs> in the playoff is uh, is a different matter. But yeah, I, I I think Jordan's a cracking player. I think there's more, much more to come with him. Um, you know, after winning that. He went off to uh, to Quail Hollow, finished top ten on his first uh, first major performance. Um, he was ill when it at the back end of the year. He missed out on the Ned Bank had to pull out because he was poorly, um, and he still wasn't right the week after the, the in at the Earth Course, but um, managed to pull his final three rounds around and, and finished in some you know finished twenty fifth after a. Uh, a poor opening round of seventy five. So I think the guys, uh, I think the guys more than I know the guys more than capable of winning this kind of event. Um, we finished third here last year. Um, it just all adds up to me. I, I I I couldn't see any way to ignore him out of my staking plan. I must say he's a class player, Smith. Um, he, he if I if memory serves me correctly, this was the event last year where he came from pretty much obscurity and he was he was contending right the way down to. Uh, I think you know, right down the stretch as well. Did he miss miss out by a shot or something on the playoff? Yeah, yeah, he did. He was um, he, he finished on seventeen under, and he was he he, he bogeyed the uh, the par three, the seventeenth hole, and you know, par there he's into the playoff, and so we see what he did when he played against Levy. You know, anything can happen in the playoff anyway. Um, but yeah, he's you know he's learning his trade. Um, he still is learning his trade to, to a large degree. But um, but yeah, I can see more wins out of him, and um, I'm quite happy to take twenty eight on, on him this week. Um, I, I don't think there's a great deal to scare him above him in the market, and uh, I think he's got the game to suit. You can see from the third place last year that he the, he gets on with the track. So uh, so yeah, we'll see how that one goes. You think total driving could be a real key this week, long long and straight if possible. Yeah, I do because um, you know it's, it's going to be a relatively long track. Even though you're playing at altitude, um, it, the, the, the fairways are soft. It's not going to be a great deal of roll. Um, if the, the the guys have set the course up as they're saying and made the, made the the rough particularly tough, then missing fairways will be a fair penalty for that. So um, you're going to have to have the power to. Um, to get up the fairway, you're gonna to have to have the power to hack out of the rough if you're gonna gonna find it, or alternatively find yourself in the fairway, which uh, which would be the best option. So, and I think he's you know I think he's got all of those attributes. Um, so, so yeah, he's he's the guy I'd stick up top. From a from a bookmaker perspective, what we're we looking at in terms of extended odds, uh, extended each way places this week, Paul. Well, um, 
all of the bookies aren't aren't up quite yet. It's um, still relatively early on Monday afternoon. But um, but yeah, the the only one who's gone seven each way with uh, a fifth of the odds is Coral. Um, some of the other guys have gone six and a fifth. William Hill and uh, Paddy Power. Power and presumably when they come up, Beth Fair will be be running running the same book as Paddy Power. But. Uh, but yes, it's it's only Coral. You know, fair play to Coral. They've been really quite consistent with the seven and, and a fifth of the odds for the last uh, well, last year or so now. For listeners, um, over the down period in December, I did a piece of analysis looking at the PGA Tour uh, specifically about the each way places that have been offered across the whole of 2017, just so that we could get some hard facts around you know what bookmakers are paying what and how often they do it. So uh, there's a link on my Sony Open Preview if you want to have a look at that. It's a, a decent piece of research. I know that Paul is going to be doing exactly the same piece of work throughout the European Tour this uh, this year, this season. And when we get enough data that we think it's worth presenting to you guys, we'll present that to you on the European Tour as well. Who backs um, Who backs Jordan Smith up for you, Paul? In terms of uh, some some more tips. Yeah, I've gone. I've, I've I've taken two different angles with the remainder, um, and I've gone for another four players. Two of which are um, quite long, quite aggressive players. Two South Africans, um, Hayden Porteous, who uh, who won in uh, the Czech Republic for us earlier in the season. Um, he's missed the cut twice here. The last two times he's played, um, so he's he's languishing around sixty six to one at the moment um, in the market, but. He's better than that. He's actually finished third here back on the BMG uh, Classic on the Sunshine Tour in the past. He can play the track. He's he's one of those players who is, is hit or miss. You might get a lot of miscuts and you go and get a decent performance and potentially win. We know, we, we know the boy can win. He's won in the Joburg Open before as well. Um, and he's, he's, he's long total driving when he's playing well he's not as wayward when he's playing poorly he's all over the place so um you know it's, it's, a, it's a, a punt to a degree um he has a good week off the tee i think he can contend um eric van ruins the other one that i've gone for the of the south african contingent um and you're getting 40 to one with him with coral seven places which um again it's not a great price there um but he showed some fantastic form in the Joburg Open before Christmas. Mm. Um, he's, he won a couple of times last year, again, once on the Sunshine Tour and once on the uh, on the Challenge Tour. He's working his way through. And the, how much of a step up is this? If you take the top two guys out of the market, I don't think it's a massive step up, really. It's, it's, not, it's not a huge... Hugely impressive field, so um, yeah, why can't he continue? He he was the closest that got to Sharma, wasn't he, in that event yeah. just before yeah before Christmas? Yeah, 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 and, and you know there was a fantastic performance from Sharma, and um, you know he played really really well. But there were a lot of similarities there. Joe Berg again, it's played at altitude. You know. It, he's going to be au fait with that kind of thing anyway, being from South Africa and, you know, having played around the South African tracks over the years. But, um, but yeah, why should, why should we ignore him? He had over 90% of greens in regulation that week. And it wasn't just, you know, it was four consecutive, very, very strong mm. greens in regulation performances. Um, each one of them around the 90% mark and he averaged over 90 for the four days. So um, he's clearly hitting the ball very, very well. Um, I'll give him a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've kind of balanced that with another two players who aren't as long, aren't as aggressive. Because if 
you're trying to read into how this course is actually going to be set up and if you put all your eggs in one basket and go for a team of um, long hitters um, and it ends up being you know you've got to be a a metronomic um, approach to to winning um, because of the way the course is set up then you know you you kind of want onto a loser from the outset so I've also gone with Jason Scrivener um, and James Morrison, 55s and 45 to 1, respectively. Mm. Um, now, Scrivener reminds me a lot of Brandon Stone in the way that he's secured his first um, professional title just before Christmas, did it in impressive style down in the uh, New South Wales Open. Um, that's, it's a tiny event, granted, but he's, he, he took, the, took the field to pieces, beaten by, beaten by six shots. Um, and he's got course form here of 11th and 12th over the last two years so you know he's he's well capable of uh, contending I think um, and James Morrison's another one with decent course form um, he's finished 23rd, 22nd 15th and 13th last year um, his last four attempts on South African soil 13th 4th 6th 6th um, he's clearly comfortable this part of the world um, and he's striking the ball very, very well. He was he's close to the top of the uh, charts at the, at the Joburg Open for both driving accuracy and greens in regulation. So, um, if it does become a, tr- a test of accuracy um, and uh, you know, precision, then um, I think either of those guys could perform as well. So, uh, ultimately, this track I don't think it lends itself massively to any particular um, style of play. So, um, having a mixed uh, portfolio of players, I think, is probably the right way to approach it. Especially with you know the way the European Tour website works and the tour and the, the misinformation, lack of information you often get, especially early on in the week. Um, it's you know going down a certain route and putting all of your you know your strategy around that, and then some. All of a sudden, you read that there's no rough and you know conditions are fast and it's completely 180. From what you're expecting, I think covering a number of angles with, with with your portfolio can't be a bad thing. I remember James Morrison. I remember him Wentworth a few years ago. He, he came from kind of obscurity, and all of a sudden he was leading, or he was right near the top of the leaderboard after a couple of rounds. And interestingly enough, he's he's clearly won a, a Spanish Open in the past as well. One of his two yeah. victories. Absolutely. I mean. If- you know, this isn't Wentworth by any stretch, but it's a it's a Parkland classical style track. It's bent grass greens. Yeah, when Morrison was there it, um, at Wentworth, it would have been more power than bent in the greens at, the, at that particular point. But even so, he's shown an aptitude for for playing that kind of style of track. Um, and you know, while he's while he's driving ball and and striking the ball so well, he's likely to go closer again he's finished top 10 in his last or two of his last three starts on the European Tour yeah. um, who's, who's to say he won't go and do the same thing again this week and you know will he win it well we shall see but you could get you could get a nice juicy place payout of him um, I think quite quite readily so uh, so yeah I'm, I'm quite pleased with that as a, as a pick what about you Barry where are you where are you, uh, where are you putting your euro well, what longer prices you are you looking at in particular um, I have a bit of a soft spot for Miko Korhonen. Um, I don't know if it's the Scandinavian cool factor or the mustache he occasionally rocks, but um, a bit of a fan of his as a golfer. And you know, he had a seventh here last year. He um, three weeks ago he finished thirteenth, um, reasonable enough distance off the tee and greens and regulation. So um, I was. Uh, was pleasantly surprised to see him at the odds he was at. I think I 
picked him up on one of my betting accounts at 66s, but I think he's available at uh, up to 90s in yeah. Bet365. Yeah. I don't have, uh, yeah, uh, just didn't happen to have any funds in 365 at the time. So, you know, <laughs> go with what you go with what's in your pants. And uh, I had some money in Skybet, so I went with that. He's one of those players uh, that seems to be, you know, well respected by the layers, actually, Cajon. He always seems to be one of those guys that's um, that's you know the odds seem to be well looked after by by the market guys who pull pull the odds together. He's a good golfer. He, mm. he should probably have one, maybe two more wins to his name. But um, he can uh, he could certainly show up and get a few places. And I have had uh, many a place where often uh, in the past. So. Um, yeah, he gets he gets a nominal uh, bet for the week. Second at the Tushwani Open last year, and uh, also second at the Leoness Open, which is uh, that's one of these ball striking type events where high GIR is the order of the day. So yeah, interesting on Cahoman. Yeah, I, I've got to say, Barry, he was one of the ones that was um, you know kind, kind of my on my longer shortlist as well. So um, I can see him going well. So uh, yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, fingers crossed, you know. Um... And then one, it's a bit more speculative, I guess, but um, I, I like backing South Africans in South African events. They just, I don't know, it's the, they seem to, the, the playing at home seems to bring a little bit of a higher level of game out of them. And um, this one's Christian, um, he's going to kill me for making <laughs> his surname apart, uh, Christian Bezidenhout. Bez- yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think I'll be ever able to say that the same way twice. It's quite a tricky one. But um, he had 30th there three weeks ago. I think he had a bad final range, which kind of skews that. And uh, he finished second in this event two years ago. And, you know, top 40 last year. So gets along with the golf course okay. Uh, not very long, but, um, you know, covering cover the angles. Um, a short plotter or a planner around the course could get there. And, uh, you know, he could go for a hot week. So those are my two. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not getting too deep into my research after Christmas. I haven't uh, haven't fully kind of got into Top Gear yet with uh, getting getting deep into my research and bets. That's me so far. There's some interesting names in the field. I'm I'm seeing Gonzalo Fernandez Castaño. Is is he playing or is that or is that uh, an, is that an odds check mistake? No, no. I, I, he was listed early early doors, but um, there's not many bookies that are. Uh, that are now featuring a price against him, so I'd suggest he's probably not. Chase Chase Coker, Brett Rumford, you've got Gregory Havre, Eduardo Molinari, Xander Lombard. Yeah, some decent yeah. decent names. Austin Conley, the heroics at the Open last year. Yeah, yeah. he's not quite pulled it back round since, has he, Austin? But um, he's another one who's quite capable of uh, producing a, a European Tour victory this season. What so. about South Southgate? I'm seeing him at 125. Did you have a look at him? Yeah, I, I prefer Southgate on linksy style uh, tests. To be honest, so um, you know he's the kind of one when you get to a links track, um, you, you you know you'd have him on your shortlist before you even start to um, you know to have a good look and see how his form's doing and see see the state of his game. But um, but yeah, he didn't quite match up for me on a on, on an altitude South African track. And don't forget, a lot of these players won't be used to the Kikuya. Green, uh, the grass, and uh, you know, it, it would be a little bit alien to some of these guys as well. So, um, I think a little bit of experience of um, playing in this part of the world um, goes down a, goes down a tree as well. So, 
But yes, it should be an interesting tournament. Looking looking forward to uh, some European Tour action getting back uh, underway, actually. Let's talk Sony Open, shall we? Should we, should we go across to Hawaii? Um, I thought it was interesting last week with Dustin Johnson winning at a canter. Very, very impressive. And um, it was also very easy to see that when the wind was blowing, and there were a lot of names that we see on the predictor model against the... You know, we, we keep... Um, uh, various statistics on our predictor models and one of the ones that we keep uh, on the PGA Tour is a wind indicator so players that play well and have got decent finishes in windy conditions and Dustin Johnson is always always near the top of that ranking he's up there with Jordan Spieth but also players of the ilk of Brian Harmon and Mark Leishman uh, do very well on that on the predictor model when it comes to wind stats and sure enough they were they were at the top of the leaderboard last week They've moved, of course, from um, Maui, and they're now on the main island with uh, just uh, on the outskirts of Honolulu. Um, Jordan Spieth plays this week, Justin Thomas. But I don't know about you, Barry, but I always really look forward to um, Kapalua and the Tournament of Champions for obvious reasons. But this track at Wailai, it's a lot more classical, um, and it just seems the whole event seems to be a little bit... You know, just down a notch or two in terms of it's a relaxed environment, but very, very low scoring. What What are your thoughts around the Sony Open and and, and the course? Uh, I certainly love the vibe of the Hawaiian tournaments. I wish we were closer to them in time zone to actually make watching them uh, more of a reality. Yeah. Uh, I've you know catching a bit late at night of the um, the tournament champions last week and uh, I, I I think they need to jazz up the format of that tournament so, you know for a thirty man event it's you know it, it's a great opportunity to have fun with it um, I don't have any thoughts off the top of my head but I just think a straight stroke play event is kind of boring and um, kick off the year with a bit of Keith Pelly madness maybe um, yeah, potentially <laughs> yeah. Um, so on to yeah, Wiley. Um This was t- yeah, I remember this for Justin Thomas just being on a torrid run last year. <laughs> yeah, just re. I mean, you could have put him on any golf course the way he was playing though at the time. Um, Force just so happened. Yeah, he was just so happened it was this one and he just destroyed. He was uh, he was a fourteen to one winner on this last year and uh, he just absolutely ripped the golf course apart. I think everyone knew he'd won after round one. Did he shoot fifty? Was it fifty nine or sixty or something crazy? Fifty eight, yeah, maybe. Fifty nine, yeah, first yeah, round. Madness. Um, pretty good. Yeah, it was a super. It was superb to watch. It really was. Um, if you're going to have a runaway win, like he really did it in style. It wasn't kind of a plodding away to seven eight shot win. He just yeah, it was. Uh, he was playing a different golf tournament from the rest of them. It's um, past seventy. While I, um, it's always the easiest or second easiest of the past 70s on the PGA Tour. Of course, it's a full field event, the first one that we've got, we've had in 2017. In terms of the field, I'll just run through it in price order. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, defending champion. Then we've got Mark Leishman, Brian Harmon, Kevin Kisner, Zach Johnson. Uh, Danny, but Daniel Berger, Cameron Smith, Russell Henley, Tony Finau, Webb Simpson, Xander Shuffley, uh, Gary Woodland, Charles Howe the third. Get Charles Howe 
always a particular DraftKings favourite around here. Uh, and then the likes of Jason Duffner, Siwoo Kim, Peter Uline, Bill Hass, Austin Cook, Jamie Lovemark. It's a, it's a reasonably strong field. Um, it's one of those tests for me um, where you're looking... I mean, what becomes clear in the statistics if you look at previous winners here... You've got to be on your metal when it comes to hitting greens in regulation. And as ever, especially on the PGA Tour, you need a particularly warm putter to get the job done at the end of the day. Um, I know for a fact that, so, uh, that Wireline, Sony Open, it's got some of the smallest greens on the tour. So hitting, hitting greens is not an easy task. Um, it's got two reachable par fives, so um, eagles available... Uh, very much so on the par five, so it, par five scoring is important. But effectively, with little wind forecast, there's been a little bit of rain in the build-up. But what you tend to get here are fast fairways, and uh, the superintendent's very, very liberal with the uh, with the watering of the greens before the event, and you uh, you get some particularly low scoring around here. I know Gomez won here two years ago at 20 under. Uh, and we had Justin Thomas last year winning at uh, 27 under, Jimmy Walker the year before that at 23 under. Um, with the weather the way it looks like it's going to be, I don't see, um, I don't see any kind of mid-scoring or technical test this week because the wind doesn't look like it's up at all. So I suppose it makes sense for me to run through um, my thoughts on this. Um, anything that just springs to mind from you, Paul, in terms of the course or... Anything that you particularly look for when you're when you're putting your your uh, bets down or your DraftKings team? Well, I mean, for for me, I know you, you talked about um, greens and regulation. You know, clearly that is um, is pretty critical here um, because the greens are so small. Um, but for me, this tends to be um, the best putters tend to be the ones who who, who can actually perform here um, and the guys who can um, consistently make those putts. And you know. It's, it, it, they're Bermuda greens. They're not particularly to uh, to everyone's liking anyway. Um, and if you can make a lot of birdies on those um, Bermuda greens, then you've got a chance here. And I, for me, first and foremost, I'm looking for someone who's in good putting form, who's who can then go and hit the you know potentially hit the, enough greens to uh, to contend. Um, and also, uh, looking at current form and course form can can sometimes throw you off the scent. But but course form here. Um, and you mentioned Charles Howell III. He's got an incredible um, history on this track. You know, he's it, it, one of those players that whenever you look at the stats, he's always, you know, he's got countless top 10s and top 20s. But this this is particularly one of his um, most prolific tracks. Yeah, um, it, it seems to me, it's, I think you're spot on. It's one of those courses where you've got to keep your nose clean. Um, and um, pure ball strikers can contend. They can definitely top five. They don't tend to win, though. It tends to be um, a player that's got a hot putter or is more of a natural putter, but has a particular is, is having a particularly good run in terms of his ball striking that actually gets the the victory. You know, yeah. Justin Thomas being a pure example last year, we all know he's a fantastic putter. But I think he'd finished in the top three for greens in regulation the week before when he won at Kapalua. He's just simply transferred that green in regulation form across. To uh, across to Wileye. Um the greens themselves, just for the anally retentive out there, they are Tiff Dwarf Bermuda grass. So it's a different um, strain of Bermuda grass to what we saw at Kapalua last week. Um, the that kind of green um, or that kind of 
grass is shared with PGA West, which is the uh, Career Builder Challenge, which is next week. And it's also shared with the RSM Classic that they play on Sea Island. So they're the two courses that are directly correlating in terms of put, you know, people that can putt well on this particular putting surface. Now, when it came to the market, you know, we, we, we knew that the, the two big guns would be at the top of the market. Sure enough, Jordan Spieth available at 5-1, to one, and we've got the defending champion Justin Thomas at 8-1. to one. Beneath them, we've got a gap of uh, out to Mark Leishman at 16s. We saw a smidgen, not all of the prices are out right now, but we saw a smidgen of 18-1. to one. That got snapped up within a few minutes uh, this afternoon. We've got Leishman at 16s, Brian Harmon at 20s, uh, Kevin Kisner, who's got a couple of top 10s here at 25s. Then another jump out to 35 to 1 for the likes of Zach Johnson, Daniel Berger, and then Cameron Smith, 40s with the Russell Henley, Tony Finau, Webb Simpson, and uh, then we've got bigger, bigger than that at uh, Xander Schofley. And pure ball striker who's played well in the past, Gary Woodland, Charles Howe, also a little bit of 50 to 1 available there. So if you're looking for an each way punt, someone that's likely to. Uh, you know, potentially get top five, top six, Woodland and Howard, that's someone I wouldn't put you off. Now, my view on the top two in the market, I was um, aware towards the end of last season with Jordan Speed when he went out to the Australian Open and he also played Tigers event, that his putting um, wasn't looking particularly sharp. And I read uh, an interview with him after round one at Kapalua last week uh, where he shot, I think it was 75 or 74 or 75, uh, that, that he was talking about that they were re-engineering his uh, putting stroke and um, it was taking time to bed in and uh, that kind of thing puts me off Jordan at 5-1. to one. Um, Justin Thomas seems to, you never know with Justin, um, he did this in Korea, he, he played terribly the week before at the CIMB Classic and then he, he went and won the CJ Cup at, uh, out in the South Korea, he's at eight to one. But there's there's enough against those two guys that I don't want to take those uh, very short single digit prices. Of course, both can win. They're both clearly the most talented players in the actual field. But I'm going away from those guys. My first two tips that I'm putting up, nothing earth shattering. Uh, I apologise in advance. I'm going two points each way, four uh, sixteen to one on the Aussie Mark Leishman. And I'm backing him up with, again, two points each way at 20 to 1 on Brian Harmon. I'm going seven places each way, a fifth the odds, both available with Coral on those. Leishman just keeps knocking at the door. Uh, shot 23 under when he won the BMW Championship back in August. But again, contended at the CJ Cup where he lost in a playoff to Justin Thomas. Um, was playing some beautiful stuff last week and then completely... Um, threw it away on Saturday, but then bounced back again with a fantastic round on Sunday. He just needs to put four good rounds together. This could be the kind of vibe, the more relaxed environment, the deeper field, where Leishman can just relax and actually put those four rounds together that we know that he can to, uh, to get a victory. Also with Leishman, I know he's got a couple of top tens here. When you look at his history, he is very, very, very comfortable on these particular greens. Uh, Harmon again, another, you know, nothing earth shattering about Harmon. 
playing some fantastic stuff. You just feel that a win is in the pipeline. He's done particularly well at PGA West. He's done particularly well also at his home course on Sea Island. He's uh, come close here. I think he went out in the final group two or three years ago. Uh, he was tied third going into Sunday, and then he he, uh, he went slightly backwards. But Harmon playing some magnificent stuff in the top 25 now in the world. He's the kind of guy that you just expect a victory from very, very soon. Those are the two at the top of the market that I'm going for. Any thoughts from yourself, Barry, in terms of players that you're interested in this week in uh, the Sony Open? Just a, th- just a thought I was having on Leishman over the weekend. I mean, I kind of get a little, I don't know, possibly a little bit tired of the rhetoric that he's underrated, okay? Because everybody talks about him. And, yeah, I think he, I think he actually underperforms for his talent. I think he's a wonderful player, but I just don't think he's won enough. You know, his majors record seems to be, or the pe- the respect he has in majors seems to be based on that performance in the Masters a few years back. Um, I just think the guy needs to win more. Um, for his talent level, so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too interested in him at those short odds this week. Um, surprise, surprise! I'm going to stick with my outsiders for the week. Um, I'm going to stick with Wesley Bryan. Um, I think he just got chewed up by that uh, by the course last week, and this will be a lot more in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, shorter course, hit his greens in regulation. Very good putter, and uh, you know he's he's won on tour before, so he's not going to be afraid of uh, staring down any of the guys. And the other guy I had in—that's a big price, one hundred and twenty-five to one. I can see on Wesley Bryan. That's a big price when you look at the guys that are surrounding him in that kind of price point. You know, I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm seeing the likes of Brian. I mean, Brian Stewart is playing some cracking stuff at the moment, but you've got Stewart at eighty to one, up to a hundred to one. And you've got Wesley Bryan there at one twenty-five. Yeah, that does that. That seems like a little bit of juice in there. Yeah, and look, he he, uh, he missed the cut here last year, but that's a couple of rounds under the belt and a uh, little course learning. So um, I think you'll feel an awful lot more at home on this type of course uh, versus last week uh, on that big wide open uh, crazy place. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really suit his style. And the other I am on is. Where has he disappeared to? Kyle Stanley. Ah, Kyle Stanley. He, he's in, yeah. He's one of these ball. He's pure ball striker, isn't he? And that yeah, that okay. that that works. That works okay around here. That works okay yeah. around here. Chew, chewed up last week. This week is going to feel like a holiday for him. He's in Hawaii and a uh, couple of good performances. Thirteenth and thirty sixth. Uh, the last two times here. So. Um, you know, good ball striker and putting pretty well from what I can see on your putting tracker on your preview, Steve. Yeah, it's decent, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's playing some good stuff, Stanley. So uh, he's available at some pretty uh, nice odds across the board. Yeah, I got him at eight. I got him at 80 to 1, which yeah. is top of best in the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy with those two outsiders. I think just for the listeners where I'm at right now, I haven't put a huge amount of research, you know, deep dive research on my stuff so I'm happy to have kind of smaller bets on outsiders uh, just to feel my way into to punting for the season I think it's interesting your angle with Brian and Stanley um, Barry on the basis that there's definitely something in the fact that you want players that have played some golf there's an advantage of playing Kapalua that's undoubted 
Um, I think it's something like 68% of the winners have played Kapalua the week before. But since that they since they've gone to the wraparound season, Jimmy Walker twice, Fabian Gomez, and Justin Thomas all had played at Kapalua the week before. So I think there's something in that. So that fits Stanley. That fits Wesley Bryan as well. He's a fantastic Bermuda grass putter. So yeah, I can see I can see both angles there. I'll just finish off the two that I'm looking at. Just to just to you know, we we spoke about odds on the South African Open. In terms of odds here, if you actually total up, uh, you look at the odds from uh, going back to 2010. It actually comes out around a just over a hundred to one in terms of the average price point on the winners here. Interestingly enough, though, the past four renewals. Thomas 14s, Gomez 100 to 1, Jimmy Walker was 18s and 40 to 1. So that comes out just a smidge over 40 to 1 in terms of the average price since they've gone to the wraparound. And that kind of way of looking at it in terms of minimising bogeys, players that are hitting a lot of greens at the moment, and also players who are renowned Bermuda grass putters, is something I'm following down the line this week. So Leishman Harmon. I'm also going, and I'm very, very wary of this with all of the all of the stuff that I do throughout the season, ditching players far too quickly. I've been on Cameron Smith now for far too long, um, but I'm following him again this week. Point each way, forty to one with Betfair, seven places each way available at the fifty odds. I think Cameron Smith's a prestigious talent. Um, still outside, interesting enough, when you look into it. He's got no uh, exemptions for any of the major championships so far this year. He needs to get into the top 50 or win as quickly as he can. Uh, he started very quickly here last year. I think he was fourth after round one. Prestigious putter. One on Bermuda grass down in Australia just before Christmas. And although he uh, backfired badly, I, I hated scrolling through to the leaderboard last Friday and finding him in 32nd spot. Level with Jordan Speed, by the way. But um, the way that he fought back, I think he was 13 under for the rest of the three and a half rounds. Uh, he shot a three under 70, a cracking 68, five under on the Saturday. 18 birdies, only five bogeys after the disastrous start. I think he's playing some cracking stuff, Cam Smith. And finally, I just cannot walk away from this guy at the moment. See Woo Kim, two-time Bermuda Grass winner, Wyndham Championship. The Players' Championship last year hit lots of greens last week at Kapalua, putted nicely, kept the bogeys down to a minimum. He's finished third at the OHL Classic in November, 10th last week. I've gone a point each way at 60-1 to one with Stan James on Siwoo Kim, who in my terminology is a Bermuda grass monster, absolutely. Who are you on, Paul? Who do you, who do you fancy? Uh, I, I can see your logic with uh, with all four of those actually, and you know, clearly Leishman and um, and Harmon are well capable of, uh, of putting their way to victory. Um, I, I like Kevin Kisner at the top. Um, I think Kisner it wasn't much of a wasn't much of an effort last week. He's himself in. He's, he'd been playing at the, well at the back end of last year. He's putting well, um, even though he, well, he finished seventeenth last week. He was still top six for for putting, um, yeah. and he was he was driving reasonably well as well. Again, he was top six for. For driving now, um, Justin Thomas obviously got all of the um, all of the media last year with his fifty nine. But it's easy to to forget that Kisner shot sixty in the second or the third round as yeah, well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, third round. So yeah. you know, I, I, I think the guy's got a chance there. Um, and twenty five, you can get seven seven each way on that as well. Um, that that will probably go into some of my doubles. Um, and in terms of longer shots, there were three that caught my eye actually when I was just looking at the stats. 
Um, Brian Gay, who I know that you've been on yeah. um, at the back end of last year, another great putter. Um, and he's got a couple of top six finishes around here um, over the years. Yeah, he has, yeah. Uh, Bo Bo Hosler, um, yeah. another one who's uh, actually he seems a bit hit and miss with his putting, but when he's when he's on with his putting, he's extremely good. Um, and uh, if he has an on week, then that could be uh, you know three hundred to one is at the moment. That could be a uh, that could be a, a big each way um, outsider. Um, and the last one who caught my eye was Jerry Kelly. Now Kelly won't appear in any of his stats because he's playing on the Champions Tour now. Um, but he's won here. He's got eight top tens, eight additional top tens. He, he won twice on the Champions Tour at the back end of last year. Um, and this is his kind of track. Now, you're get, getting 200 to one on him at the moment. Um, and I think stranger things have happened than Jerry Kelly <laughs> running, in, running into a place around uh, around this he's, one, he's always one of those ones, Kelly, isn't he? You tip him up, he's absolutely useless. You don't tip him up, he comes and uh, he fires like 63 and gets a tie for fourth place. Yeah, exactly. You, you can see him sneaking a, a top a top five finish um, by the end of the four days, and uh, I think he's still well capable of doing that. So, uh, so yeah, they, they were the three longer shots that caught my Charles Howell third, obviously from his uh, from his course history. Um, there was a bit of sixty sixes available earlier, but that's been snapped yeah. up. So yeah, that's no longer there. Yeah, no, that's not, but as you said earlier, that, that, he's, a, he's a prime play for a, a DraftKings type uh, type player because um, he just consistently finishes in those top. Kind of six, eight, ten positions. So, uh, so I know yeah. I know we're pressured for time. Two more I'm going to mention, and there's this crazy link. Um, if you look at people like Jimmy Walker, Justin Thomas, Fabian Gomez, don't ask me why they've all played well on the Web.com tour at the Louisiana Open, Anna, uh, Louisiana Open, which they play um, quite early on in the season. And two caught my eye that did well in this a couple of years ago. Um, one being uh, JJ Spawn, who we know is in fantastic nick right now, Spawn, came very close to winning a couple of times at the latter end of last year. I'm seeing a little bit of 80-1 to 1 about Spawn with Stan James right now. I think that's a, a decent bet on JJ Spawn, who's playing you know the golf of, golf of his life right now. He finished uh, fourth or fifth or something like that down at Louisiana a couple of, week, uh, couple of years ago. And the other one that joined, uh, that jumped to front of mind, he finished second last year, Aaron Wise, who hasn't done overly too much, but he's been just bubbling along there a couple of, I think, a couple of top 25s last two events on the tour. So Aaron Wise, I would not be surprised to see him potentially pop up as well. So uh, I must say, I'm looking forward to the golf this week, two, uh, two decent enough tournaments. Um, it's been good to have you guys on. Have you enjoyed your first podcast, Paul? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I look forward to doing some more over the uh, the rest of the season. You, you've got a very strong event next week, haven't you? Yeah, we're off to Abu Dhabi next week, so um, we've got a bit of a um, an amended uh, Middle East swing this year. So we've got uh, we've got two events, and then uh, the one further a few weeks down the line because there's been some schedule changes. But yeah, you're off to Abu Dhabi, and you've got um, the likes of Dustin Johnson and. Uh, and Rory Stenson um, earmarked to play, so it's going to be a going to be a cracking event by the looks of it. Something you can get your teeth stuck into next week, Barry. A bit of Abu Dhabi, one of the one of the always one of the highlights of the early season, in my opinion. Oh, I'm loving that field next week. It seems extra extra juiced. Um, a few of the big boys, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing Rory get back into play. Yeah, European Tour takes star billing next week. We've got the Career Builder Challenge on the PGA Tour, which doesn't get the heart racing just as much as the Abu Dhabi event. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. 
and we will be back again. We're going to try and do this on a weekly basis, and we'll be back again next week for the Golf Betting System podcast. Thanks, Barry. Thank you, Paul. See you again next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers.